This is the Die Hard Next Podcast. This is your boy, Eru. This is episode number four. Man, I can't believe I made it this far. This is going to be the Alonzo Trier episode. Alonzo Trier. Do we deserve him? I know he came out of nowhere undrafted, my dude. I know he had a little, um, you know, trauma before he, he came to the um, NBA. He was suspended in college. We don't really want to talk about that, how we got here. But just the basketball guys did that to him. That way he can make it to us. Now, this is the Diehard Next Podcast. It's your boy E. Rule. Let's go. If you can see if you can solve the mystery, the answer revolves around your history. So carefully, I drop this degree, scientifically and realistically. If you can see if you can solve the mystery, the answer revolves around your history. So carefully, I drop this degree, scientifically and realistically. That is Rakim. That song is called Mystery. Those lyrics kind of hit me the other day, and I was like, wow, man, what have we done up until this point to deserve the good fortune that we get right now? Now, I understand a lot of you guys out there, a lot of guys, you know, I try not to do it, but when you take a look at those comments and you might make a little, make a decision to reply to somebody, man, some of these people in there are miserable, man. It's like, yo, what are we doing right now? 2018, we are not trying to win a championship this year. So why are you crying off of, for of wins and losses this year? It doesn't make no sense, man. Like, do you deserve what's happening to you right now? You know, like, we're talking about Alonzo Try this episode. How did he get here? He was in Arizona. Everybody acts like they never heard of him before. He was he was down with the AAU teams, whatever. They had, you know, when they do that that little tournament of four teams, you know, they played on ESPN or whatever. He was on the, on the, on those teams. You know, if I'm not mistaken, you know, I don't think he was with Bacon or one of those guys. But anyway, he played he played in those tournaments against the the other dude that's on on Brooklyn right now. What's the guy's name? What's the fucking guy's name? I keep thinking of of the other guy. How does it feel? D'Angelo, there you go. <laughs> but a dude, um, D'Angelo, you know, from um, in Brooklyn, he played against him in high school in the AU tournament. So I mean, the you know, the guy is not a bum. He was he was um been on the scene. Everybody in Seattle knows him. Nate Robinson, you know, Jamal Crawford, all these guys know um know who Alonzo Try is. So he didn't come out of nowhere. You know, the New York Times did a little um um article on him. He was on the on the front cover of the New York Times. So I mean, this guy didn't come out of nowhere. But you know, let, let's pretend that we didn't know who who he was when he when he got here. Anyway, he averaged 18 points a game in Arizona, and you know the number one pick, uh, Dayton Alton, whatever his name is, that um you know there's a there's um there was a number one pick for uh, Phoenix. He actually was the leading scorer of that team, of the you know so he maybe he should have been number the number one pick, or at least at least got drafted. I understand that he got in trouble with steroids and you know. I don't think it was steroids specifically, but it was just some kind of promote for excuse me for performance enhancing drug. I'm sorry, from New York, but yo, um, he got in trouble for it, and then he then he ended up getting in trouble for the same offense, whatever. And he tried to fight it, and it didn't work. So and he he ended up being suspended again for the same offense. Anyway, details, me tales. We get him undrafted. It's a gift. Once again, do we deserve him or no?
Hell no, nah, we don't deserve him. I mean, it's a damn shame, man. When you when you pull up like just just like old stats and just look at the old teams, man, you could just go back to to as far as like uh, I was gonna go as far as Frank Williams, but that's kind of too far. But you know, just because because I, I mentioned him, Frank Williams, yo, he's currently in jail serving big time over some drug offense or whatever. But uh, I kind of feel like like we did that to him as far as the fan base and just the energy that we brought brought to people, the the pressure when we drafted him. He he was, he came out of like. You know, I, I want to say Syracuse. I'm not dra- I'm not fact checking shit on this episode, but yo, he, he came out of Syracuse. The guy was playing good or whatever. Then he, then he gets here, and then like he got his first year was kind of rough, but his second year he started playing pretty good. He was freaking starting, and then what did we do? While the guy started getting his confidence and really started playing decent, we get fucking <laughs> Stephon Marbury, and you know what the fuck happened after that? I felt like we did that too. Because we was crying about getting a, getting a, a point guard, you know. And then at the time, too, we was like, oh, we need to start fresh because we got too many contracts and shit. Like, look what we do. We go and draft freaking Stephon Marbury. And then, gosh, ugh, the whole Stephon Marbury era was crazy, man. A whole bunch of freaking bad stuff. Isaiah Thomas and Lord help me. Anyway, you can fa- fast forward. We're going to fast forward to uh, Amon Shumpert. Yeah, yeah, when we drafted Amon Shumpert, everybody was like, yo, who the hell is Amon Shumpert? We should have drafted um, uh, Jimmy Butler or whatever the fuck. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't even think anybody knew about Jimmy Butler at the time, so I'm not, I'm not going to um, do that to myself. But Amon Shumpert, you know, everybody wanted other people and whatever. But anyway, we end up getting this guy, and then his summer mixtape happened when, um, you know, it happened to be the lockout season. His uh, summer mixtape dropped, and it was like... Wow, who is this guy? He's gonna be like Michael fucking Jordan. Look at look at all these windmill dunks and all this other stuff. My goodness, my goodness. And he was known for playing defense. Wow, he's gonna be a motherfucking all star. Anyway, he gets to the to the Knicks and then like his whole career as a as a Nick, everybody was like, Oh yo, we need to start Mom Shopping, he's a starting point guard, blah 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 blah. And then you know, he he doesn't end up being as consistent as then. The guy can't make layups, he can't make a jump shot. But um, he could dunk when he gets it though. So everybody's like, "Wow, look at this guy! He's amazing! He's a he's a uh, he's a freaking uh, you know stopper! He plays great defense." Doesn't that sound like somebody that you know in the current team? You know, Mister uh, Frank Nealakina. I mean, come on, man! Uh, us Knicks fans are, are so like like we're like it's like PTSD. I've said it before on on, on this podcast. PTSD is like. Every time we get a young guy and he shows a little bit of things, it's like, oh, man, we got to give him a chance to jail, blah, blah, blah. We need to, to make sure that, that, that he's doing this, make sure he's doing that. I love him. You know, I mean, come on, man. Like, I'm gonna like, Right now, I'm pulling up uh, my Shumper's stats. He came in in 2011, 2012. He was 21 at the time. The freaking guy, he, he never averaged. Well, I mean, his first year, he averaged nine points, but he didn't really do much after that. His assists were, ne- were never high, two, one, one, two. And, you know... It's just it's just ridiculous, man. Like he he was never that good. But like, how many years do, are, were we supposed to like hold on to him to make sure that 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 um that he develops into a good player? By the time the Knicks traded him, he was twenty four years old. He was twenty four years old. What the hell? If you if he haven't made it, then then what? You know now now you can just go through his career. You know he won championships in um Cleveland, but not on his back. He had LeBron James. In, in Cleveland, you know, people talk about that like 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 he was like an all star. He was averaging seven points, five points, seven points the years that he was there. You know, the last year that he was there, he averaged four points a game. And then he got um he got sent to Sacramento. Does anybody even did anybody even know that he was on Sacramento? 
And and you would think that he would have minutes over there because he's like a veteran guy and then actually he's still freaking young. He's 28 years old. You would think that, that he was over there doing his thing, but he's over there averaging eight points a game, one assist, three rebounds. Like, come on, dude. Like, I mean, it's, it's just the, the New York fan base. Now let's talk about your boy Landry Fields. My God. Landry Fields. What is Landry Fields doing right now? My man is still young at, at, the, at this point. And, um... You know he's still living off that that contract that Toronto gave him. Toronto gave him that contract so the Knicks could uh, couldn't um couldn't resign him. But remember when he first got here, he was supposed to be like the the new thing since um sliced bread too. He was like like super athletic and talented. He's from Stanford. Wow, he's so handsome. Oh my God, what happened to him? When Melo gets here, oh see Melo is uh Melo is uh is holding him back. Does anybody remember that conversation, that whole um, bullshit that everybody was talking about with um, Landry Fields? Oh, Landry Fields is doing so good. Carmelo Anthony came in there and messed up his um, his his confidence. Yeah, let's not forget that. You know, people want to talk about yeah, let's bring back um, Carmelo Anthony. You know, he, he you know he belongs in New York. Blah, blah blah. Yeah, but at the time when when Melo came here, people was more concerned about Landry Fields because he was a young guy. You know, anyway, he gets he gets sent to Toronto. What the hell is um, Landry Fields doing right now? I understand he got he got like a, a knee injury or ankle injury, whatever the hell injury he got. But all I know is that he went to Toronto and then barely played over there. And now he's still eating off that same contract that he had that he signed back then. So it's like like ridiculous. Well anyway, he's living his life right now, living his best life. And uh, you know. Alright. I'll calm it down a little bit. I'm getting a little hype. Alright, let, let's talk about um Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant is the next guy, the next rookie that we that we drafted. We drafted him with um with um Przingis. You know, at the time, I thought he was going to be the man because he came just came from North, um, excuse me, um, Notre Dame, and he was like he was the man in Notre Dame. He let them single handedly almost got them into the into the freaking um, into the the damn championship game on on his own back. You know what I'm saying? So I thought the guy, since he's a little older, got the NBA pedigree, that he was going to be the man. But look what happened to him. We we used him for a little while. Oh, you know, we, uh, the Knicks traded him too early, man. We, this is what we do. We give our our, our young players away. We give our young players away, and they and they go to the other teams, and they and they start doing well. Oh, oh my God! Like, what is Jeremy Grant doing right now? What team is he even on? Does anybody know? What whatever team that he's on right now, he's not doing nothing for that team. You know, like the last time I checked, he was on on the Bulls. He might be in Orlando. Who knows? You know, but the guy the guy hasn't been doing anything. And you know, it's just it's just the uh, it's just the same type of thing. Every time we get a young guy, he's like, oh, we need to develop him. Blah blah. <laughs> you know, but it never it never that never works out either. We can't just grab a guy oh because he's young. I'm gonna whip him into shape. I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna whip him and make sure that he turns into the what we what we imagine him to be. I mean, guys got to have a base of talent first, you know. After you have that base of talent, you got to have the heart and the will to want to want to play well. You know, so, sometimes guys, you know, when they when they're in college, you know, that might be it for them. They get to the to the NBA and they freaking um get get um starstruck and then they can't compete because they're too busy trying to trying to you know whatever. And then these guys that that, that weren't as good as them in college playing better than them when they get to the pros. So the, I mean, the pros is not for everybody. There's a lot of factors involved. This guy Frank Nina I mean, he's he's um uh you know this guy from France. Well, he, he won the championship when he was over there. Let's let's take it down a notch. All the highlights that you saw were like under eighteen highlights. And then when he was in, in um when he was in that championship game, he wasn't a starter on that team. He was coming off the bench, you know, and he wasn't really playing all that much. And they didn't even worry about it. He went to the went to the draft. To, he 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 participated in all the draft um things leading up to the draft. He participated with everything while he had a championship game. They weren't worried about him. 
it, like, like if Frank Nalakina played or not, it was not going to be the end all to them winning that championship. So they let him come. It's not a big deal. He comes to New York, and you know, like he has all this like you know physical talent. Supposed to this he's supposed to have, you know. But but I mean the the guy has has yet to do anything that um to to, to um to like you know warrant all of this this uh this like praise and. And just like just all this potential talk, man, my goodness, like it's his second year right now. Supposedly he got better. You saw him in, in the summer, in the summer playing with um, Chris Brickley, and he's working. And he's touching the wall while he's dribbling the ball, and it's so amazing. Look at him; he's working on his hand-eye coordination. Yeah, okay, what has he done this year? He had two games where he had like like um, 18, 17 points. You know, like. This is the NBA. Everybody's gonna have a little breakout game, but you gotta have consistency. What has has he done in between time? What has he done since he got here till till now? Has he gotten better? Has he gotten that much better that the people that, that that he deserves all this um, all this you know, uh, all this buzz, man? I, I just don't get it. It's like the self respect. NBA players, NBA fans, just don't have no self respect. The Knicks fans, the fair weather Knicks fans, the groupies. These are the groupie fans that that I was talking about in the Mellow episode. Like you, you're just a groupie fan, man. You're, you're like a crybaby. Like every time we get a young guy, this is what happens. Yo, yo, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. These fans are unbelievable. They're unbelievable. What the hell is wrong with these fans? They're unbelievable. Yo, 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 yo. unbelievable. Yeah. So this is. The Alonzo Try episode. Do we deserve this kid as a franchise? Do we deserve him as a fan base? I mean, as I said before, we've been through a lot of young kids, and everybody was supposed to be the next one up. Now, Alonzo Trier, nobody drafted him. 30 teams missed him. Twice. <laughs> First and second round. And somehow we ended up with him, and he signs with us. Do we deserve that? Do we deserve, do we, do we deserve that, that um, alley-oop? I mean, we got groupy fans Still crying about Carmelo Anthony and the history of that, and still talking about that. And you're not a, a real fan if you didn't this, that, and the other with Melo. Like, no, actually, since Melo left the team, like, I'm a Knicks fan. Before Melo came here, I was a Knicks fan. Just because Melo was on the team and he left doesn't mean I'm not a Knicks fan. And because I, I wasn't a fan of, of the way he played towards the end doesn't make me any less of a Knicks fan. This kid tries that dude. He's gonna be next in line. If um we we end up trading Tim Hardaway between now and next year, or if maybe Tim Hardaway ends up like like staying, you know, Trier is definitely gonna be the guy off the bench. That's the, like the the least, you know. He's gonna be the guy off the bench. He's gonna be part of the team. There's nothing stopping that. The only thing that's stopping that that's um putting like a, a the brakes on it is just time. The kid is young. It's his first time in the NBA. Between now and next year, the guy's gonna he's absolutely gonna jump leaps and bounds. Because the kid is nice. Mitchell Robinson is also part of this whole good fortune thing. Because we drafted him in the second round. And that kid, if he would have went to college, he would have been a top 10 pick. There's no doubt about that. People naturally can want to compare him to John Starks. I think the kid is more like Mano Ginobili. Or Zach Levine. Zach Levine is another Seattle guy. All those Seattle guys seem to have the same traits. You know, they got the good handle. They mix it up. They can get to the basket without fear. Another guy, Tony Roten. Tony Rotten, Tony Roten. He used to be a Nick, but he's been out the out the league all these years. He's really been blackballed. He has like a lot of maybe off the court um concerns. That's the reason why he's not in the league. But when he was in the league, he was at the top 
as far as you know getting to the basket and getting fouled and stuff like that he was like one of the, one of the best at that and he did average like you know i don't have the numbers in front of me but he did average like about 17 points a game you know when he played so i mean that seattle something's going on in seattle i don't know what's in the water but they have a lot of good um ball hands out there coming out of seattle nowadays trades now that's that's, that's the meat the meat and potatoes of this podcast you know if Lonzo Trier is um kept because we we currently have him on a, like a, like a two way contract, and um we have a certain date where um where we have to make a decision whether or not we're gonna um just keep him on that thing and send him to the D League or we're we gonna waive somebody and just make him a permanent member of of the the regular squad. So like the the two obvious um people, the first one would be Luke Cornett. Luke Cornett right now he's on a um. He's on a regular contract, but we got him down in the in, in the D League right now. So he's like the the obvious choice because we already have big men to play the center spot, and he doesn't really give us anything different than what we already have. Especially when Chris Tapps comes back. When Chris has come back, Chris Tapps more than likely is going to get a lot of time at the center as well. And then we got uh, everybody's favorite, uh, Ron Baker. My man, Ron Baker. I mean, he's a he's a fan favorite. He plays great defense, you know, and he he plays really hard. That's one thing that he, that he will do. But um, as far as basketball stuff, he can't really do anything uh, well, you know. As far as basketball is concerned, you know, I give him a, a good thing. He he can um he can run a team, but not on the NBA level. He probably would do well in the D League or maybe even overseas if he chooses to do that. Or he might end up being like a like some kind of trainer or maybe just a coach. You know, he's, he seems like a student of the game. The real meat of the conversation is Courtney Lee. Courtney Lee is just, is just um, he's still a good player. He's an older guy. I mean, maybe like 32, 33 right now. He's an older man. He's still got a couple years left. I think maybe two years this year and the next year on the books at like 12 million a year. But, I mean, when he does play, he could play, man. He, he hit double figures. He's always hitting 40% from three. He can handle the ball. He does a lot of good things on the, on the court, plays defense. But he's on the wrong side of 30. That's the problem with him. Can we trade the guy? Can we trade him? We possibly could, but where's he going to go? Like, I'm looking at Philly. Philly is a, a great team for him to be on. They, they kind of need shooters coming off that bench and leadership. So adding a, a Courtney Lee to that group would definitely help them out a lot. The thing is, who do we bring in here? Are, would uh, Philly be willing to trade like a Markel Fultz? Because uh, Fultz right now, he has a broken jump shot. Some of his confidence is all messed up. I don't know what's going on in that kid's head. But the Knicks are more equipped to deal with a player like that because we're not trying to win right now, which which is like hard for everyone to deal with. But we're not trying to win right now, you know. You know, we we want to win some games, but we're not trying to win no championship or anything. So if Markel Fultz come comes here and he you know just horrible from the outside and whatever whatever, we we can we can deal with that because we have a developmental coach and we have a lot of guys in his age group that he can just vibe with and you know have a little easier time in in his um in his first. Really, first year as a, as an NBA player. The only problem with that is that you have to match twelve million dollars, and um, the Knicks are really going to need some money to come off the cap. So if if um if a team like Philly can give us a Markel Fultz and maybe throw us another guy that we could just simply wave off the roster and it won't affect our cap for next year, then it's a win win situation for us. Now the big elephant in the room is Ennis Cantor. Ennis Cantor's on an expiring deal. You know I know he's playing well. He's in the great best shape in his life. He wants to play. And everything else like that, but he's on a expiring contract. The Knicks could just straight up wave him right now, and don't even worry about it. We just have the cap space ready for whoever we would like to try to sign in summertime. How good does that contract look coming towards the the trading deadline? It's an expiring deal, 
the dude is making uh, I want to say 18 million a year. That's that's that's, that's big chunk um chunk of change right there. So say like a team like Boston, Boston doesn't really have a center. So if you get Boston to um to trade for uh and his cancer, that helps them out a lot. Maybe not defensively, but he's a he's a bull. He's gonna give you um fifteen and fifteen, man. You know, close to it. You know, he might actually be able to give you more than that, especially with all the other dogs that they have on that team. And they definitely can make up for his defensive laps because they have they do have Horford over there, but Horford is really a um a, a power forward in the way that he shoots that three point shot. You know. You got to look at a team like the Lakers. The Lakers just picked up, well, they picked up JaVale McGee. If JaVale McGee's having a career year, he's going to, I think he might be, if not leading the league in block shots, he's very, very high up there in block shots. And so they, they picked him up and they also picked up Tyson Chandler as soon as Phoenix waved him. Basically, Ennis Cantor is in the same boat because Tyson can still play. Tyson's still going to get you a double double. He's not, he's old, but I mean, from his skill set or whatever, he's a, a young old. You know, and and his Cantor's right there. They're gonna be getting the same numbers. You know, another team I'm looking at is the Pelicans. The Pelicans, they like treading water. You know, if they get if they get a center like Ennis Cantor, that helps out uh, Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis doesn't have to be the bull on the inside. Yeah, Anthony Davis likes to um, play with his face on um, facing the basket anyway. So him and Cantor are not gonna uh, be in each other's space. You know, uh, Anthony Davis likes to shoot threes. Like I said, he faces up. So I mean, you trade us one of those guys, you know, what's uh, what's the dude, um, uh, Meritic, the guy that was on the Bulls. You trade uh, trade us him, or maybe even give us that um, give us that young kid, uh, the kid that they got from the, from the Lakers, you know, G give us one of those guys, you know, and maybe some other people that that we can wave right away, and that helps out both teams. Now I know people are listening to this and they're like, oh, why are you gonna trade Ennis Cantor? Ennis Cantor is the hardest hole of the team, and whatever cliches you want to come up with. But I mean, come on now, we like like I said, we are not trying to win this year, and. He's a free agent. We have bigger fish to fry here. We already have Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson's being, um, you know, he's being, like, trained to be the starting center. And, of course, we all want him to be a starting center. We would love to expedite that. And then we have um, KP as well. KP's coming back. And you, we don't know what's going on with his knee. KP might end up being might end up being the starting center, you know, and might push um, Mitchell Robinson back to the bench when he went on, when Chris Tavis come back. Or, uh, best-case scenario is that, KP is ready to go, and KP and Mitchell Robinson will become like, like, <laughs> like the best shot blocking um uh duo the league has ever seen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of things to consider, and there's nothing that should be left off the table when it comes to trades and um everything you know, starts and ends with um Mr. Alonzo Trier. I mean he. He's he's right now he's like the uh, the gem the gem of the team everything starts and ends with this kid and it's amazing because we plucked him out the sky nobody nobody was checking for him you know they knew everybody knew who he, who he was but I guess they figured that that nobody would pick him up or take a chance on the guy when obviously he had the talent but I mean we got the gem we have like the the Dragon Ball we have the Dragon Ball that, that everyone wished they could have you know well we got him on, on our things and a move will be made very soon and you just have to stay tuned to see what Scott Perry does. Scott Perry has been brilliant, man. So, you know, Scott Perry is gonna do the right, gonna make the right deal, or we just might not do nothing. Scott Perry is good for that too. We might just sit, just sit back and be like, "Yeah, I know you want Ennis Cantor, but guess what? I guess you can get him in the summertime because we ain't doing nothing. We can't end up doing that. We can end up keeping um Courtney Lee too. Courtney Lee might come back and just become the um you know the shooting guard off the bench and slide somebody else over." You know, you never, you never know. But I mean, logically speaking, I would, I would think that a trade would have to be made some kind of way. 
and whether whether they decide to do the easy way and uh, wave Cornette and Baker or Trey Courtney Lee or even go hard and, and Trey Ennis Cantor. Any way you look at it, as long as you're not destroying the cap space for next year, then everything is on the table. Fuck it. What's the end of the podcast? Tuesday morning, it's raining out there. Hope everybody has your umbrellas. They dry. Thanksgiving is coming this week. You know, we're going to try to keep um, the, these podcasts coming in every uh, Tuesday and Friday. So the next um, podcast will be after Thanksgiving. You can uh, address that when, that when that comes. So it's your boy Eru. You know, when you see me in the streets, call me any star. Four fingers, tuck in your thumb. Salute. Yo.